Good evening, everyone, and welcome to this uh, winter solstice celebration. Uh, my name is Gabriel Schenk. I'm a teacher at Signum University. This is my roaring fireplace, and I'm really, really excited to share some poems with you tonight, and also to hear some poems read by uh, people who've nominated poems that mean something to them and also there's a few people who are going to be reading out their own poetry as well which is going to be really special i've seen uh, the poems that they have nominated and they're really really exciting it's going to be very invigorating uh, and inspirational uh, which I, I don't know about you but that's just what i need at this time shortest day of the year 2020 uh, it cannot get more grim than that. Uh, so we are about to turn a corner in the Northern Hemisphere and the days are about to get longer again. Thank goodness. Um, uh, uh, and thanks for the comment about my fire and my mantle. I am also with some mulled wine, which uh, for legal reasons must describe itself as alcoholic grape juice. And I have a mince pie, which is made of mince fruit, not mince meat. Um, it's a traditional thing we have in the UK, perhaps in other parts of the world as well. Let me know where you're coming from and what you're eating and what you're drinking uh, on this, the longest night of the year. Um, I'd be very curious also to know if anyone's coming from south of the hemisphere, because then of course it's your summer solstice. Um, so Heidi says, uh, California just ate a pear. This seems very healthy, far too healthy. Um, so I, I suggest you eat something very unhealthy um, <laughs> to, to mark the, uh, the the winter solstice. That's what I like to do anyway. Um, and Northern Illinois uh, says Eric uh, drinking mulled wine and we'll soon have pizza. Now that's more like it. Excellent. Um, drinking eggnog with clove and nutmeg. That sounds delicious. Um, Ontario, and I had bread and marmalade and tea. Very, very good, Sarah. I think you probably need it in Ontario, where I imagine it's very cold and Christmassy. And um, uh, Maximilian, oh, excellent, you've made it. Um, you're eating cheese, crackers, a bit of roast pork, and drinking red wine. Sounds lovely. Uh, from Florida, excellent. So I'm, uh, uh, I'm going to make you um, a... a panelist as well so you'll be able to unmute yourself more easily when the time comes because you're one of our readers um and um, excellent so everyone's everyone so far everyone's from the united states or canada uh, but we'll see how we go through the night uh, there are many hours before the dawn uh, barbara says eggnog and snickerdoodles that i baked yesterday that sounds lovely as well um so yeah, this is uh, an event. Uh, we ran this last year as well for the winter solstice. The idea is that it's the longest night. Uh, let's while away the long hours before the dawn. Uh, and last year we did ghost stories. Um, and I don't know about you, but I wasn't really in the mood for uh, stories about the dead uh, this year. I think we've had far too much of that. So I thought poetry um, might be a bit better. Um, Martha says here in the back cave, Oh, this is exciting. In Western North Carolina, a little ghost house red wine from Marked Tree Vineyards nearby. That sounds lovely. Um, so we're all sort of <laughs> all getting boozed up. I'm, I'm drinking away uh, next to an open fire. So what can go wrong? Uh, we'll see. We'll find out. Um, OK, great. I'm going to start showing my 
Wii presentation because I want to show you all this photograph that I took at, can you believe it, 3.33 p.m. this afternoon. Uh, that was the sunset today. Uh, in the summer in Oxford, where I live, it gets dark at about 9 p.m. So there's a huge difference. Uh, we're surprisingly far north. Um, but um, yeah, it's it's pretty pretty dark at, at this time, but it's about to get lighter from now on in. So that's really exciting. Uh, and blissful luck to live in Oxford, um, says one person. It is it is lovely, but um, of course, because of COVID, I might as well live on the moon because I've hardly been out of my house. Um, I'm actually going to be talking about that a little bit later on tonight. Um, but basically, the idea with tonight is that we share poetry that means something to us at this moment. The psychologist Carl Jung said that we carry our dreams around with us until they mean something. And I think we do the same thing with poems. A lot of the poems I'm going to be sharing tonight are poems that I've liked for a long time, but they've never really meant something to me. Uh, the meaning hasn't clicked. I've liked them for the sounds. Um, here's a confession. I teach English literature at Signum University. Uh, I tutor as well. I teach poetry many, many times. Uh, I don't actually know what most poems mean. Um, this is how you teach poetry. You lean in conspiratorially and you say to the student, what do you think this means? And then they give their reading and then you lean back, scratch your chin and say, ah, oh, yes, quite possibly. And then you talk about the rhythm and the meter and the imagery and the metaphor and all that stuff. But you don't necessarily understand exactly what the poem is about until it speaks to you. And this year, loads of poems have spoken to me and, and I've really gone for poetry this year rather than novels, um, which, which I just don't have the brain capacity for. So poetry has been really speaking to me this year and perhaps for you as well. Um, the first poem I'm going to share is by Dylan Thomas. Um, I visited Larne in Wales in September in the brief window of time when the R rate was low enough that I could uh, leave my house. And Larne is where Dylan Thomas, uh, the poet, lived at the end of his life. And he had this beautiful writing shed. And the photograph on the right is a photograph I took of his writing shed on the photograph on the left is Dylan Thomas in his writing shed so you can see uh, it hasn't changed at all and I love the way they've just left his jacket over the chair as if he's just popped out down the pub probably and when Dylan Thomas was in Larn he wrote this play called Under Milk Wood it's a play for voices so I'm calling it poetry it's actually a play but the beginning is very poetic I'm going to be reading a bit of the beginning so, um, oh, and of course, uh, this is the view from Dylan Thomas's writing shed. It was absolutely gorgeous. That's a view over the estuary. And uh, Larne also has a lovely castle. So as soon as the vaccine's all out, we're gonna travel to Larne. Um, and Bronerman says, what a nice photo. It looks like a peaceful nook to do some writing. Absolutely. And this is that was where he wrote, um, the thing I'm about to read out to you. So I thought this would be a nice kind of palate cleanser. So what I want you to do is close your eyes and imagine that you are in the fictional Welsh town of Charagheb. Uh, 
Now, Shawageb sounds like a Welsh word, but it's actually made up. In English, it's bugger all, spelt backwards. And I don't know about you, but I could do with a bit of bugger all <laughs> compared to what we've been going through this year. So close your eyes and imagine that you're in Karageb and there's no such thing as COVID-19. To begin at the beginning. It is spring, moonless night in the small town, starless and Bible black, the cobble streets silent and the hunched quarters and rabbits wood limping invisible down to the slow black, slow black, crow black fishing boat bobbing sea. The houses are blind as moles, though moles see fine tonight in the snouting velvet dingles, or blind as Captain Cat, there in the muffled middle by the pump and the town clock, the shops in mourning, the welfare hall in widow's weeds. And all the people of the lulled and dumbfounded town are sleeping now. Hush. The babies are sleeping. The farmers, the fishers, the tradesmen and pensioners, cobbler, school teacher, postman and publican, the undertaker and the fancy woman, drunkard, dressmaker, preacher, policeman, the webfoot cocklewoman and the tidy wives. Young girls lie bedded soft or glide in their dreams with rings and trousseau, rides mated by glow rooms down the aisles of the organ playing wood. The boys are dreaming wicked of the bucking ranches of the night in the Jolly Roger Sea. And the anthracite statues of the horse says sleep in the fields. And the cows in the briars. And the dogs in the wet-nosed yards. And the cats nap in the slant corners or lope sly, streaking and needling on the one cloud of the roofs. You can hear the dew falling and the hushed town breathing. Only your eyes are enclosed to see the black and folded town fast and slow asleep. And you alone can hear the invisible starfall, the darkest before dawn, minutely dew-gazed stir of the black, dab-filled sea, where the Arusa, the Kurlo, and the Skylark, Zanzibar, Rhiannon, the Rover, the Cormorant, and the Star of Wales tilts and dried. Listen. It is night moving in the streets. The processional, salt-slow musical wind in Coronation Street and Cockle Row. It is the grass growing on Tharagab Hill, dewfall, starfall, the sleep of birds in Milkwood. Listen. It is night. It, it is night in the chill squat chapel, hymning in bonnet and brooch and bombazine black. Butterfly choke and bootlace bow, coughing like nanny goats, sucking mintos, forty winking hallelujah. Night in the four ale, quiet as a domino, in Oki Milkman's lofts like a mouse with gloves, in Dybred's bakery flying like black flower. 
It is tonight in Donkey Street, trotting silent with seaweed on its hooves, along the cockled cobbles, past curtained fern pot, text and trunket, harmonium, holly dresser, watercolors done by hand, china dog and rosy-teen tea caddy. It is night neddying among the snuggeries of babies. Look, it is night dumbly royally winding through the coronation cherry trees, going through the graveyard of Bethesda with winds gloved and folded and dew doffed, tumbling by the sailor's arms. Time passes. Listen, time passes. And that is the beginning of Under Milkwood. Hope that's got you in the mood for poetry and for escaping from 2020 as we look forward to saying goodbye to it uh, forever. Um, and uh, Sarah says it's lovely. Um, thank you, Sarah. So that was that's one of my favorite. Uh, it's, a, it's a fantastic um, play and kind of about nothing at all, um, but also about everything in that wonderful Dylan Thomas way. Um, so the next poem, I'm just going to see if uh, the speaker is here yet. I don't think he is, so that's okay. We'll go on to the speaker after that, and uh, maybe we'll come back to it later on. Let's see if the third speaker is here. I don't think so. So, ah, no, so maybe, Sparrow, perhaps we check in with you. So I should explain that we have people posted all over the world and we are monitoring what the sun is doing. Okay. Um, I will want one. We're going to be um, singing in about five. Five minutes. Okay, excellent. Oh, um, and, and no, I was, I was, I'm ready to read at any moment and then we'll sing after reading. And here's our tree. And Fantastic. welcome everyone to our one room cabin. I would love to introduce Val. Will you turn and wave to the camera? My daughter, Valkyrie, my child, Darek, my wife, Grace. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. And Gabriel, may I, may I, may I read now? Is that my cue? Please do. Gabriel very kindly um, allowed me, said it would be just fine if I read one of my own poems mm. tonight. And this one is called, um, from, from a book of my poetry called Morning Meanders, The Wheel of the Year. It's a poem a day, um, basically about walking the dogs because that's the best thing in the world to write poems about. And this one is called The First Morning Ever, and it is written for tomorrow morning, for the morning after the longest night. What will it be? I waken with a thrill. I waken with a tingle. I run downstairs to a host of small, beautiful miracles. I run downstairs to a host of small, beautiful miracles. My beautiful child holds their paramour close in their arms. They still sleep. Sweet Skip is curled up to their back warming. 
I pull on robe and slippers and disrupt the sleep of the dogs when I open the door. Out we go, run to the fire. It still burns. Smoke and embers deep beneath the gray ashes. More fuel from me, then spinning another pallet along the ground, stuffing the last newspaper shreds under it for tinder. Some kindling that I spot. And that's it. I trust that it will catch on this still beautiful morning. The eastern sky is salmon colored and that can only be one thing, the miracle. The miracle will happen again. Let me be clear, it was never guaranteed. I cannot be certain deep in the bottom of my toes, but it's happening again. We had plenty of hints. We had plenty of precedents. We could even have scoffed and said, of course, a miracle will occur. But that's not the thing with miracles. Never mind how much logic you would like to use on me. I am a woman who just slept a year and a day. I will trust the evidence of my senses and the cold on my cheek of wet tracks in the chill morning is everything I need to know. I am weeping, and therefore I must not have known, not have known for certain that it would happen. The dogs run. I watch the sky. I wonder if I should waken the children. I should not. It's been almost a decade since I wanted to be up for this. It's all right. One holds a dear one close to their chest, the other holds who knows what in her dreams. I have the dogs, that's all I need. I have the dogs, and very good slippers, and a thick soft bathrobe and the sky gilds. I am watching southeastward. I marvel that I am only one half the way to the pole. It's coming, it's coming. Through the branches of bare trees, a sparkle moving slow, moving fast is coming. And now I am weeping openly and cheering. I am weeping openly and cheering for the sun. You can do it. You can do it. And I shout with joy. But at the same time, I'm sobbing and the dogs are cheering and the warm arms of my dear one wrap around me. And I am free to sob with relief. You old softy. She teases. But that is all right. That is a wonderful thing to be. Open to the sunrise. Joyful at the sunrise. Joyful and awestruck and sobbing with relief and gratitude and praise. I am held in awe and joy and gratitude and wondering if there is something too childlike inside me. But we walk in and coffee is making noises and suddenly bright red and green stockings full of gifts and toys and candy canes and oranges appear in front of me, one in each seat overflowing with abundance. I decide that there is something too childlike inside of me and that is a good thing. Thank you. And here is a gift. Oh, thank you, Gabriel. And now a gift from the whole Alden family. 
excuse me while I wipe my eyes. I mean, it, it wouldn't be me if I didn't weep. It's like my my ID. Some people have to do the eyeball scan. I just cry. Yeah. Um, I don't know if the mic is going to pick up. Yes, let me turn off Bluetooth so that the whole entire room will be broadcast or it won't. Can everybody hear us? Yes. 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 Oh, okay. Very good, very good. All right. So, 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 king, please, good Mrs. So, king, apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry, one for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. God bless the master of this house, the mistress also. And all the little children around your table go. The cattle in your stable, the dog by your front door. And all who dwell within your gates, we wish you ten times more. Soul, soul, soul cake, these goodnesses of soul cake. Apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry one. Go down into your cellar and see what you can find. If the barrels are not arrows, we hope you will be high. We hope you will be high with your apple and Please, good Mrs. Soul King, apple, a pear, a plum, a cherry, any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. My shoes are very dirty, my shoes are very full. I haven't got a pocket to put a penny in. If you haven't got a penny, hey, penny, God bless you, soul, soul, soul cake. Please, good Mrs. Soul Cake. Apple, pear, a plum, a cherry. Any good thing to make us all merry. One for Peter, two for Paul, three for him who made us all. Wow. Wonderful, wonderful harmonies. And Gabriel? Before I before I turn off my mic and camera, the family has a question for you because we have learned that you live very close to Oxford. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just a is few there, miles from the city is, centre. Is there in fact a a big comma? A comma? Oh, like an Oxford comma? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. So there certainly it. is. I spend most seen... of my life adding Oxford commas onto sentences. Oh, well done. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Also, no, I wanted to share with you that I play roller derby, and we have uh, there's a tradition in roller derby, as you may know, of taking on a derby name, which is a, a essentially a stage name. And uh, one of my league mates has the derby name of Oxford Coma. Uh -huh. <laughs> Very good. That's a good name. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, well, thank you so much for inviting us, and I will. Um, stop broadcasting but still be listening thank you so much for fantastic. doing this gabriel 
and and our best to your parents as well please yes absolutely thank you and wonderful to see you all and happy winter solstice and best happy wishes solstice. for the new year and thank, thank you again you for sharing all. thank you wow that's wonderful okay great um we have some comments that have been coming in um so adam actually adam said this uh, a while ago and i missed it um he says i'm drinking ginger ale which is a festive drink for my childhood for me I just had a wonderful pork tenderloin dinner. Uh, very, very good. From Virginia. Um, Coco and Eggnog in New Hampshire, says uh, the Olden family. Um, Zach says, Northwestern Pennsylvania, Diet Coke, and we're having a stir fry for supper. That sounds absolutely lovely. Um, uh, great. And let me check the comments as well. I've also been checking my phone, and Larry Swain, who is uh, was scheduled to give one of the poems has been trying to get in and has been barred by some uh, terrible magic. I think it's the the last gasp of 2020 ruining things for us. Um, so hopefully Larry will be able to get through at some point. Um, but uh, until that happens, we'll keep on going. I'm also looking for uh, Jocelyn. Um, so just let me know if you're here because I think there's been some, oh, you're here, excellent. So you come up as waiting for name 800019 for me. So that's fantastic that you're here. So what I'll do is I'll make you a panelist and apologies for the technical problems. Again, let's blame 2020, works for me. Um, I'm sure this is somehow related to coronavirus. Um, okay, and I've made you a panelist and now I see your name and you should be able to unmute yourself and you can turn on your webcam if you would like to, it's entirely up to you. Uh, and whilst you're doing that, Barbara says, I got lost in Oxford once trying to find a petrol station. No one on the streets knew where I could find one. One of the most English experiences I had. <laughs> yeah, we don't believe in petrol stations here. Um, excellent. So I'm going to start sharing my screen again, uh, where you will see some of Sparrow's wonderful books. So she mentioned A Morning Meander. And I believe there are eight of these books that you can find on Amazon. If you liked um, Sparrow's poetry, then do check those out. And you can also find out more about the work Sparrow does at birchislandbooks.com. Uh, Sparrow's an instructor at Signum University and also Signum Path. I just took her storytelling course at Signum Path and it was so, so useful. So I'm going to go back in time to... Timothy Steele, because I believe, Jocelyn, you are going to be reading out one of his works. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Fantastic. So take it away whenever you're ready. Thank you. Uh, this is not a poem that I knew before I knew of this event. Uh, it's not something that's been special to me for a long time. Uh, but when I was looking at poems that would be appropriate for the time of the year, this is one that spoke particularly to me. I live in Los Angeles, and it is a particularly Los Angeles experience of the winter solstice, which if you aren't from Los Angeles, you may not get, but it is. This is to the, Toward the Winter Solstice by Timothy Steele. Although the roof is just a story high, it dizzies me a little to look down. 
I lariat twirl the cord of Christmas lights and cast it to the weeping birch's crown. A dowel into which I've screwed a hook enables me to reach, lift, drape, and twine the cord among the boughs so that the bulbs will accent the tree's elegant design. Friends, passing home from work or shopping, pause and call up commendations or critiques. I make adjustments. Through a potpourri of Muslims, Christians, Buddhists, Jews, and Sikhs, we are all conscious of the time of year. We all enjoy its colorful displays and keep some festival that mitigates the dwindling warmth and compass of the days. Some say that LA doesn't suit the Yule, but UPS fans now, like Magi, make their present-laden rounds, while fallen leaves are gaily resurrected in their wake. The desert lifts a full moon from the east and issues a dry Santa Ana breeze. And valets at chic restaurants will soon be tending flocks of cars and SUVs. And as the neighborhoods sink into dusk, the fan palms scattered all across town stand more calmly prominent. And this place seems a vast oasis in the Holy Land. This house might be a caravansary, the tree a kind of cordial fountainhead of welcome looped and decked with necklaces and censures of green, yellow, blue, and red. Some wonder if the star of Bethlehem occurred when Jupiter and Saturn crossed. It's comforting to look up from this roof and feel that while all changes, nothing's lost, to recollect that in antiquity, the winter solstice fell in in Capricorn and that in the Orion Nebula from swirling gas, new stars are being born. Wow, that's lovely. And you say you didn't know this poem before this event, so you discovered it searching for winter solstice poems, did you? Yes, yes. And it just spoke to me about the experience that we have living in a place where uh, the shortest day is 81 degrees. Mm -hmm. And if my screen was sharing, you would see the palm trees behind me in the sunlight. Mm -hmm. Fantastic. I'd love to, I'd love to, to, to live there, I'm sure. But um, yeah, it's it, one of the things I love doing about, I love doing this event. Um, I love about doing this event. Sorry, clearly the mold wine is already having an effect. One of the things I love doing about this event at Sigma University is hearing from people all over the world um, because winter solstice or the summer solstice means something to everyone, unless you're exactly on the equator, in which case it doesn't make much difference. Um, but wherever you are, I think you can find magic and um, uh, and note the passing of time, even if it's not quite so dramatic as sunset at 3.30 or um, freezing cold temperatures or whatever. Um, so that's that's really, really nice. I'm so glad that you, you shared that poem. Um, and I believe you you want to share another poem as well, which is just, we have to recite this poem every year because it's so perfect. We have to. Um, is yeah. this something that uh, you can, you can share my screen. Um, I can because I have. Oh, do you have? Yeah. You can. You can turn the pages. I can't, but oh, I okay. can. I can make you a presenter, so you can share your screen. So you've got it on your computer, do you? Well, you I have. I have it in my hands. Oh, okay. So in that case, you want to turn on your webcam. Um, so it's one of the options on the top right. There should be a webcam option. Um, 
should be, I think it's just underneath the microphone button. So if you try pressing that, hopefully we can make that work. Yeah, I have, I, 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 I click share my webcam, webcam, but it's got the circle going around and around and around. And I don't uh, know what, what to do about it. Yeah, I'm so sorry. I'm maybe maybe you could click it again to stop it, and then click it again to try again. Um, but it sounds like it might might just be um, a technical glitch. Um, but I I mean we could say to people if you wanted to see the images, then uh, you need to buy the the Susan Cooper illustrated by Carson Ellis book, which I think only came out quite recently. Is that right? Uh, let's see. There's a tantalizing glimpse of one of the illustrations on the screen at the moment. Um, it is a gorgeous book. I have a feeling it's fairly recent. I, yeah, I, I, I'm sorry about this. I don't know how, no, let's see. It, it, let's just blame the pandemic for everything. That works for me. Um, on that note, uh, Matty has been in touch to say that uh, they would like to share a poem as well. Of course, you're more than welcome to do okay. that. And uh, Matty, apologies, I think I missed your email or I missed it off the slideshow, but that's okay. Um, if you um, if you want, you can uh, recite your poem after Jocelyn. So Jocelyn, you made a excited noise. Yes, I will. I will just read it then. Okay. Um, because that. because I'm not sure how to. Uh, Oh, look at that. Okay. Ah, yeah, I guess you just, you just try lots of buttons and then it works. <laughs> exactly. So here's the palm tree. Oh, wow. And here's the shortest day, Susan Cooper. And this lovely book is uh, Susan Cooper, you know, is a Newbery Award winning uh, author. And it's illustrated by a Caldecott Award winning illustrator. So here's our beginning page. This is The Shortest Year by Susan Cooper, illustrated by Carson Ellis. I love, by the way, how we can see the sun setting just behind you as well. It's, yes. it's just so perfect. So the shortest day came. And the year died. And everywhere down the centuries, of the snow white world came people singing, dancing to drive the dark away. They lighted candles in the winter trees. They hung their homes with evergreen. They burned beseeching fires all night long to keep the year alive. And when the new year's sunshine 
blazed awake, they shouted, reveling. Through all the frosty ages, you can hear them echoing behind us. Listen. All the long echoes sing the same delight this shortest day, as promise wakens in the sleeping land. They carol, feast, give thanks, and dearly love their friends and hope for peace. And so do we here now, this year and every year. And for people who aren't familiar with this book, we're all supposed to say together, welcome Yule. Welcome Yule. Welcome, Yule. Sorry, I was for satellite delay then. I probably should have timed, we should have rehearsed this and sort of timed <laughs> it perfectly. But hopefully everyone was saying, welcome, Yule, back home. Uh, if not, three, two, one. Welcome, welcome Yule. Yule. Excellent, excellent. Ah, yeah, so this is something, oh, I forget the full story about this. We read this out last year as well. And um, I think Susan Cooper wrote it in the 70s, I want to say. Um, and people recited every year as a way of kind of bringing in the um, the, the new year. So thank you so much, um, uh, Jocelyn. That was really, really wonderful. Uh, and uh, uh, we have our next speaker. Fantastic. That was very, very well done. Just a very smooth transition there. So, and apologies for missing you out before. So um, why don't you take away your, take it away with your reading when you're ready. Ah, and we can't hear you, so you might be muted. So let's uh, see if that's the case. Um, Is that it? There we go. We can hear you. Fantastic. Hi. I apologize for not having the poem on the screen. I could try to share my screen if that's easy. Is that easy to do? Um, it's fairly easy, but um, I think perhaps if you if you give the okay. title, then people can look it up as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. This was sent to me um, just yesterday from a friend of mine, Diana Richards, and I'd never read the poem before. It's by Joyce Rupp, R-U-P-P, and Macrina Widerker. And I just thought of it might be enjoyed tonight. Uh, Winter's Cloak, very short poem. This year, I do not want the dark to leave me. I need its wrap of silent stillness, its cloak of long-lasting embrace. Too much light has pulled me away from the chamber of gestation. Let the dawns come late. Let the sunsets arrive early. Let the evenings extend themselves while I lean into the abyss of my being. Let me lie in the cave of my soul, for too much light blinds me, steals the source of revelation. Let me seek solace 
in the empty places of winter's passage, those vast dark nights that never fail to shelter me. Wow, that is so lovely. Thank you so much for sharing. And you're absolutely right. It was perfect for this moment. Um, I also love uh, the way that these poems are sort of speaking to each other. I often think, um, you know, there's that kind of uh, thought experiment that people have sometimes. If you could have a dinner party and invite anyone to it, who would you invite and who would you sit next to whom? You put like J.R.R. talking next to uh, Ursula Le Guin or whatever. Um, I sort of feel a bit like that tonight, like these poets and these poems are speaking to each other. There was a, a nice bit of synchronicity when in the Susan Cooper poem, there was, a, I think she asks people to listen, just like Dylan Thomas asks us to listen as well. And, and certainly the poems about the winter solstice are sort of looking at things in slightly different ways. Um, so yeah, it's really, really exciting and, and wonderful to hear these poems. Um, and Takako writes in to say that she has found a copy of the Susan Cooper book uh, on the Amazon Japan website and has ordered it. So fantastic. Uh, we do like to encourage people to buy poetry. Um, now, I think perhaps Zach, uh, we could turn to you. Um, we've already gone off schedule a little bit, but that's okay. Oh, wow, Zach, I love your... Uh, festive necklace i want to call oh, it thank you yes <laughs> lasted a couple of christmases now i love wearing it it's wonderful thank you so and you're I, joining I, you're joining sorry. us in pennsylvania is that right yes in warren pennsylvania fantastic and, and please forgive me i have the family eating dinner in the next room my office is nestled between the kitchen and the dining room. So that's quite that's right. wonderful. So glad to be with wonderful people tonight, both here in person and with you all tonight. And Fantastic. to share one of my favorite poems with you. Today means Amen by Sierra de Moulter. Dear you, whoever you are, however you got here, this is exactly where you are supposed to be. This moment has waited its whole life for you. This moment is your lover and you are a soldier. Come home, baby, it's over. You don't need to suffer anymore. Dear you, this moment is a surprise party. You are both hiding in the dark and walking through the door. This moment is a hallelujah. This moment is your permission slip to finally open that love letter you've been hiding from yourself. The one you wrote when you were little, when you still danced like a sparkler at desk. Do you remember the moment you realized they were watching? When you became ashamed of how much light you were holding? When you first learned to, how to unlove yourself? Dear you, the word today means amen in every language. Today we made it, today I'm gonna love you. Today the box cutter will rust in the garbage. Today the noose will forget how to hold you. Today, today, dear you, and I have always meant you, nothing would be the same if you did not exist. You who were once as small as bouquet, 
who could sleep in the last of strangers, nothing would be the same if you did not exist. You, whose voice is someone's favorite voice, someone's favorite face to wake up to, nothing would be the same if you did not exist. You, the teacher, the starter's gun, the lantern in the night who offers not a way home, but the courage to travel farther into the dark. You, the lover who worships the taste of her body, who is the largest tree ring in his heart, who does not let fear ration your love. You, the friend, the sacred chorus of how can I help you, who have felt more numb than holy, more cracked than mosaic, who has known the tiles of the bathroom by heart, who has forgotten what makes you worth it. You, the forgiven, the forgiver, who belongs right here in this moment. You, this clump of cells, this happy explosion that happened to start breathing, and by the grace of whatever is up there, you got here. You made it this whole way, through the nights that swallowed you whole, the mornings that arrived in pieces, the scabs, the gravel, the doubt, the hurt, the hurt, the hurt is over today. You made it, you made it, you made it here. Thank you very, very much for that. And um, I was so taken up, so wrapped up by that poem that I um, forgot to go on to the next slide at one point. So. Um, Apologies for that, but I uh, do look up Today Means Amen by Sierra de Molda and as uh, other work by de Molda. The new poet to me, um, can, can you say a little bit more about her? She is a wonderful spoken word poetry. I discovered her work on YouTube and actually Today Means Amen was the first poem of hers that I listened to. And it mm -hmm. just came into my life at this exact right moment. And it's been the thing I turn to back to inspiration to get me through the tough times. It's fantastic. Yeah. 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 No, that's definitely one I'll be going back to, I think. Um, and on the comments, um, Eric is saying lovely necklace. So it's still lots of lots of compliments coming in on your necklace. I'm quite jealous, actually. Um, and um, Zach, I think you would also like to share one of your own poems is that right yes i will forbear Fantastic. to share one of my own works of poetry i think some of you may recognize a little bit of the inspiration in this so i beg you to forbear with me as i share the benediction for the world weary what if i told you to breathe as through silver ions to open your lungs to some far morning and dream of a swift sunrise the sweet taste of air that rises over an untired body. You who have poked a thousand constellations into your soul's friable skin. Little star pricks of scar tissue that paint a map of every grief to touch your callous feet. I would speak some lullaby into the gnarled muscles of your shoulders, back some astrophorous serenade that whispers to the stardust in your skin, be free. You may not drift through ether, not now or yet, but go to where the water ripples, the Milky Way painted on her skin and float. The light of a thousand million lifetimes sings through your hollow shape, a million times the love and loss that you will ever know, and yet it remains somehow beautiful. 
and I know you wouldn't use that word, hunched over and eyes downcast, pinned so long into this calcium and carbon weight, but you too are a child of ether, soon to return to the stellar forge, and on some strange rock in some strange year beyond your reckoning of numbers, you too will be that lovely and strange light, beautiful away. Thank you so much, Zach, um, for sharing that with Thank us. You. And um, Zach, your book of poetry in search of sunflowers is available uh, on Amazon. And people can also look at your website, zachjpain.com, uh, to find out more about your work and your writing. Yes, thank you so much. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah, no, that was fantastic. I mean, it's, it's it, uh, wonderful to have people sharing poetry they've written as well. Um, I would love, I, I mean, I, I struggle to write poetry. Um, I, I'm okay at prose, um, but poetry, I, I really admire people who, who write poetry. Um, Zach, out of interest, uh, so I know that uh, In Search of Sunflowers was written in 2019. How has 2020 been for writing? Not as prolific as 2019, because in mm -hmm. 2019, I had a challenge to write a poem a day. I haven't uh, done that this year, but it's been pretty pretty good year for poetry for me. Okay, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm just curious because I, I know I find it really difficult to be creative this year. I suspect that in 10 years' time, 10 years after the pandemic is over, there'll be a sudden burst of creativity. Um, because I think I'm basing that on the fact that C.S. Lewis wrote The Chronicles of Narnia 10 years after the war, and that kind of like about the war. Um, is that right? Something like that anyway. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think I think we need a little bit of space after um, exciting process. world events. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, so fantastic! Thank you, thank you again, Zach. It was it was really thank wonderful. You so much. Take care. And it's gonna there's gonna be brilliant synchronicity. Speaking of our fictional dinner party, um, because we're gonna hear a bit um, from J.R.R. Tolkien in just a moment. So Max Million, are you? around and can you come on there you are fantastic and i think you need to unmute yourself uh you should be able to hear me now ah i can hear you fantastic uh so um, wh where are you joining us from i'm joining you from florida so florida excellent florida nice is california it is dark <laughs> here um and it's it made it all the way down to about 50 degrees today so it is it is still sunny so if you hear screaming in the background, that's my children. They're okay. Okay. <laughs> um, I actually do have two poems uh, to share as well tonight. The first, there's a kid. Uh, the first is uh, a poem uh, that I found that is very new to me, that I found specifically for this. I was looking and finding poems and looking in the books that I have, uh, something that would that would fit the, the occasion and kind of be a, a winter solstice poem and so there's this and then something that is significantly uh more familiar to me and dear to my heart but first um let evening come by jane kenyon <clears throat> let the light of late afternoon shine through chinks in the barn moving up the bales as the sun moves down let the cricket take up chafing as a woman takes up her needles and her yarn let evening come let dew collect on the hoe, abandoned in long grass. 
Let the stars appear and the moon disclose her silver horn. Let the fox go back to its sandy den. Let the wind die down. Let the shed go black inside. Let evening come. To the bottle and the dish, to the scoop and the oats, to the air and the lung, let evening come. Let it come as it will, and don't be afraid. God does not leave us comfortless, so let evening come. Fantastic. Can you say anything more about this poet? I unfortunately know absolutely nothing about Jane Kenyon, except that she uh, appears to have owned a typewriter. Yes, exactly. We're, yeah, no, I'm the same. So I must look up more of her work. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm finding out so many new poets um, from this event. I think partly because um, most of our speakers are based in the United States. So there's a different literary tradition there. But um, I believe the next poet might be known to everyone. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I figure it's it, it's not a proper proper signum event if there's not some sort of Tolkien involved. Um, <laughs> and Mythopoeia is is a poem that is dear to my heart. Um, I've I've read it a few times. We'll say. Uh, it's not exactly <clears throat> uh, very wintry, though there is night, there are stars, there is silver. Um, and so with that, we have Mythopoeia by J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, I may have to pause partway to get water or wine. That's fine. <laughs> to one who said that myths were lies and therefore worthless, even though breathed through silver. Philomythus to Mesomythus. You look at trees and label them just so, for trees are trees and growing is to grow. You walk the earth and tread with solemn pace, one of the many minor globes of space. A star is a star, some matter in a ball, compelled to courses mathematical amid the regimented cold inane, where destined atoms are each moment slain. At bidding of a will to which we bend and must, but only dimly, dimly apprehend. Great processes march on as time unrolls from dark beginnings to uncertain goals. And on, as on page or written without clue with script and limning packed of various hue, an endless multitude of forms appear, some grim, some frail, some beautiful, some queer, each alien except as kin from one remote origo, gnat, man, stone, and sun. God made the petrous rocks, the arboreal trees, Tellurian earth and stellar stars, and these homuncular men who walk upon the ground with nerves that tingle, touched by light and sound. The movements of the sea, the wind and boughs, green grass, the large, slow oddity of cows. Thunder and lightning, <clears throat> birds that wheel and cry, slime crawling up from mud to live and die. These each are duly registered in print, the brain's contortions with a separate dint. Yet trees are not trees until so named and seen, and never were so named till those had been whose speech's involuted breath unfurled, faint echo and dim picture of the world. But neither record nor photograph, being divination, judgment, and a laugh, responsive chose that felt a stir within by Venetian movements that were kin to life and death of, beasts, of trees, of beasts, of stars,
free captives undermining shadowy bars, digging the foreknown from experience and panning the vein of spirit out of sense. Great powers they slowly brought out of themselves, and looking backward, they beheld the elves that wrought on cunning forges in the mind, in light and dark on secret looms entwined. He sees no stars, who does not see them first of living silver that made sudden burst of flame like flowers beneath an ancient song, whose very echo after music long has since pursued. There is no firmament, only a void, unless a jeweled tent myth woven and elf patterned, and no earth unless the mother's womb once all have birth. The heart of man is not compound of lies, but draws some wisdom from the only wise and still recalls him. Though now long estranged, man is not wholly lost, nor wholly changed. Disgraced he may be, yet is not dethroned, and keeps the rags of lordship once he owned, his world dominion by creative act, not his to worship the great artifact. Man, sub-creator, the refracted light, through whom is splintered from a single bite to many hues and endlessly combined in living shapes that move from mind to mind. Though all the crannies of the world we filled with elves and goblins, though we dared to build gods in their houses out of dark and light, and sow the seed of dragons, t'was our right, used or misused. The right has not decayed. We make, still, by the law in which we're made. Yes, wish-fulfillment dreams we spin to cheat our timid hearts and ugly fact defeat. Whence came the wish, and whence the power to dream, or some things fair and others ugly deem? All wishes are not idle, nor in vain. Fulfillment we devise, for pain is pain, not for itself to be desired, but ill, or else to strive or to subdue the will, alike were graceless and of evil, this alone is dreadly certain. Evil is. Blessed are the timid hearts that evil hate, that quail in its shadow and yet shut the gate, that seek no parley, and in guarded room, though small and bare, upon a clumsy loom weep tissues gilded by the far-off day, hoped and believed in, under shadows sway. Blessed are the men of no one's race that build their little arcs, though frail and poorly filled, and steer through winds contrary towards a wraith, a rumor of a harbor guessed by faith. Blessed are the legend makers with their rhyme of things not found within recorded time. It is not they that have forgot the night, or bid us flee to organize the light and lotus isles of economic bliss, forswearing souls to gain a Circe kiss, and counterfeit at that, machine produced, bogus seduction of the twice seduced. Such isles they saw far, and ones more fair, and those that hear them yet may yet beware. They have seen death, an ultimate defeat, and yet they would not in despair retreat, but off to victory have turned the lyre and kindled hearts with legendary fire, illumining now and dark hath been, with lights of sun as yet by no man seen. I would that I might with the minstrels sing, and stir the unseen with this throbbing string, I would be with the manor, mariners of the deep that cut their slender planks on mountain steep and voyage upon a vague and wandering quest, for some have passed beyond the fabled west. I would with the beleaguered fools be told that keep an inner fastness where they're gold, impure and scanty, yet they're loyally bring to mint an image of blurred distant king, or in fantastic banners weave the sheen, heraldic emblems of a lord unseen. I will not walk with your progressive apes, erect and sapient, before then gapes the dark abyss to which their progress tends. By God's mercy, progress ever ends, and does not ceaselessly revolve the same unfruitful course with changing of a name. I will not tread your dusty path and blot 
denoting this and that by this and chat, your world immutable wherein no part of the little maker has with maker's art. I bow not yet before the iron crown, nor cast my own small golden scepter down. In paradise, perchance the eye may stray from gazing upon everlasting day to see the day illumined and renew from mirrored truth the likeness of the true, then looking on the blessed land we'll see all that is as it is, and yet made free. Salvation changes not, nor yet destroys garden nor gardener, children nor their toys. Evil it will not see, for evil lies not in God's picture, but in crooked eyes, not in the source, but in malicious choice, and not in sound, but in the tuneless voice. In paradise they look no more awry, though they make anew, they make no lie. Be sure they still will make, not being dead, and poets shall have flames upon their head and harps whereon their faultless fingers fall, and there shall choose forever from all. Wonderful. Thank you so much um, for reading that so well. Um, and it is a beautiful poem. I'd forgotten it was that long, actually, when I when I made this presentation earlier, and I was sort of putting a slide after slide after slide, because it goes so quickly as well. And it's, um, but there's a lot to unpack too. Uh, and it's sort of on fairy stories is kind of the unpacking of it, I suppose, um, uh, just decades later. Um, and Zach um, left a comment saying, um, you know, good, good for you for taking this on because it is a difficult one to uh, to read aloud. Um, like quite a lot of Tolkien's things, um, I at the Signum University staff party last weekend, I stood on the table and sang. There is an inn, a merry old inn beneath the Norway Hill, and there they brew with beers of brown and the man and the moon himself came down one night to drink a fill, to drink his fill. So, you know, I already messed it up just that one stanza. And um, I was reminded of Harrison Ford's comment to George Lucas, uh, you can write this shit, George, but you can't say it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's that's George Lucas not talking. I, I, um, but even um, though it's uh, beautiful, it's, sometimes it's difficult to actually say aloud so um you did that wonderfully um and uh, sarah says i love it so much i don't know why i've never read it before there you go so now you now you have it uh to you guys so i can go say goodnight to my children um, absolutely but thank, thank you so happy, much Maximilian. happy christmas happy winter solstice and blessings and peace and joy to everybody thank you so much same to you and your family thank you that was wonderful um and uh yeah lots of um comments um saying lovely poems and also um saying saying lovely poetry for uh zach as well um earlier um and uh, adam says outstanding performance there um yeah yeah zach says i was thinking a fair jaw cracker i've read it aloud too i've never read it aloud i've always been too scared to do so um so uh yeah maybe after i've had a bit more mulled wine and um yeah to get some of the it, it's the syllables that kind of scare me but it's a beautiful beautiful poem especially when it's read out so nicely so um oh and by the way beautiful synchronicity as well with zach's poem about the uh breathing through silver and also the swift sunrise i caught that as well i thought i would um speaking of synchronicity uh, answer Tolkien's poem with one of C.S. Lewis's. Um, so, as I've said before, 
I live just a few miles outside the centre of Oxford. I usually go into the centre of Oxford about once a week. Um, not so much this year, where I've been keeping uh, to myself. And one of my favourite places in Oxford is called Addison's Walk. And this is a circular walk in the grounds of Magdalen College, Oxford. You can see it on the screen. We have the River Isis on one side, which is the same as the River Thames, but we call it the Isis when it flows through Oxford, because um, Oxford's that kind of place. And on the other side is a field <clears throat> that is full of deer. <clears throat> and C.S. Lewis loved to walk um, this route. And I believe it was 1931, he went for a walk in Addison's Walk with J.R.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson, and they talked about mythology. And that is where he said, that myths were all very good, but they were lies. They were they were breathed through silver because they were beautiful, but they're still lies. Lies breathed through silver. And so Tolkien wrote that poem in response to Lewis uh, as they talked about mythology on this walk. And a result of this conversation and further conversations into the night was that Lewis uh, became a theist and then a eventually became a Christian as well, obviously, very famously. Um, but um, he, he, uh, he, he used to walk uh, this pathway quite often. Um, it was actually in the Tolkien biopic as well. They, they filmed in Addison's Walk as well, um, which is rather nice. And if you go to Addison's Walk, then about halfway through, there was this poem by C.S. Lewis uh, engraved on uh, piece of slate and this is a poem that Lewis wrote about as Addison's Walk a little bit a few years after his big discussion with J.R.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson about mythology and this poem is about feeling optimistic about the year ahead so it's about that time early in the year time we're just about to come up to when the flowers are starting to poke up their heads above the the ground in the uk we have uh, beautiful snowdrops in january and then we have daffodils in february and you can see some daffodils uh, in the photograph here and um, the leaves aren't out yet in the trees it's still winter but we have some flowers and i always think it's a really encouraging sign that um <clears throat> spring is coming uh and C.S. Lewis kind of wrote a poem about that, about that kind of feeling of hopefulness at the early part of the year. <clears throat> what the bird said early in the year. I heard in Addison's walk, a bird sing clear. This year, the summer will come true. This year, this year. Winds will not strip the blossom from the apple trees this year, nor want of rain destroy the peas. This year time's nature will no more defeat you, nor all the promised moments in their passing cheat you. This time they will not lead you round and back to autumn one year older by the well-worn track. This year, this year, as all these flowers foretell, we shall escape the circle and undo the spell often deceived yet open once again your heart quick 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 the gates are drawn apart ironically this poem is engraved next to some permanently closed gates but 
I think maybe C.S. Lewis was speaking metaphorically. So um, that is a conversation we're having between C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien, and we're sort of revisiting that this night. And we're about to turn to a completely different poet now. So, uh, Wilhelmina, are you there? Let's see. Um, yes, I can see you're there. Um, maybe if you unmute yourself, you might be able to speak. Um, if not, we can come back to you. I'm putting people on the spot by suddenly mentioning their name. Um, there is a sort of schedule we're following, but it's uh, uh, gone a bit awry, as is the want of 2020. So. Um, Let's just check the comments. Um, uh, Sarah says, I must run, but wish you all joy and hope for the long night. Thank you very much, Sarah, and thanks so much for dropping by. Um, uh, so, Wilhelmina, I don't hear you. Uh, let's see, aha, a chat here. Um, <laughs> yeah, Zach says, the schedule was an a lovely suggestion, an optimistic idea. Exactly, well, I thought I would take a leaf out of C.S. Lewis's book or, or the bird in C.S. Lewis's book. Um, so um, let's, um, uh, let's see. Oh, Wilhelmina has, has left. So maybe, maybe some connection problems. So maybe I'll just uh, look out for them in the attendees list and see if we can get them back uh, later. Um, so let's actually go on, um, I, I have Alice uh, scheduled next, but I don't know if Alice is in the room. So again, Alice, if you're if you're there, if you could just let me know. Um, but I do see that we have Franzavan McKenzie. So Franzavan McKenzie, if you could unmute yourself. Um, and just to, oh, there we go. Yeah, hi. Hello there. Hi. Hi, can you guys hear me? We can, great to hear you. Yeah. And where are you calling <laughs> from? I'm actually from the city of uh, Manila, Philippines. We're having um, our longest day today. <laughs> wow, Philippines. So we're, that's yeah, probably so... the most southern we've had yet. It's quite a <laughs> I think so. The equator there. Mm -hmm. yeah. getting, getting there. Fantastic. Yeah. And <laughs> you have a poem that you've written yourself that you would like to share with us. Yes, um, it's called Boston 2019. Yeah, can I tell you more about it? Please do. <laughs> so this poem is actually included in my first self-published poetry and prose chapbook called Out of the Woods. I see you have it there. Thank you. Although I, um, the version that I'm going to read is the one that I have uh, revised, like a little bit. I don't know if uh, you can tell, but I am very nervous right now. <laughs> uh, don't be nervous, you're, you're amongst friends. And actually, confession time, I, you sent me uh, an updated version, didn't you? And I, I don't... Yes. Yes, I, I'm afraid I didn't have time to put it on the slide. So um, this might not be the most updated version. Um, oh, oh, is that okay? No, um, it, no um, it's actually the one that I sent you is the updated version. The book is the one that's not updated. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, so yeah, it, it's okay. Excellent. And um, I just see uh, Wilhelmina is back. So I'm just going to make um, Wilhelmina a palace so that they can speak <laughs> up to you. But um, yeah, um, basically take it away whenever you're ready and uh, set it up any, even more if you would like to. 
Yeah, well, this is not my um, personal story because number one, I'm not yet married. <laughs> number two, I've never been in Boston. But um, this poem speaks of independence and freedom, and it is something that is re- that has really been resonating with me all throughout this year because this year is the season when I have true truly realized what I need, that what we humans need are more often than not coming from ourselves rather rather than from other people, no matter mm-hmm. how much we believe we need them. So, yeah. <laughs> okay, it's called um, Boston 2019. I'm gonna start now. Please. I know you never ask, but the draft here pierces less painful than your words. And when you shiver in the night, at least I can shrug the fireplace awake with firewood matchsticks, and my love, ashen into fury. The only burning I taste lately is the poison and the antidote packed in sticks of American spirit. Here, the city lights are as dazzling as your irises. Brighter than the stars I saw up close when you ruined the casserole once, twice, thrice. I don't know. I lost count of it all. The street lamps here seem like moons encapsulated in bulbs and they show me the way home without leading me to your oak door. I know all the hills off with a zipper's car on my lip still, even after years. Now, I fall asleep with a Swiss army ni- without a Swiss army knife under my pillow. No rustic at the roof of my mouth, no knowledge of sheer violence other than that of the dawn. When he scream into the void, I am not mad with a strangle. When I ask into the quiet, I am answered with peace. When I say the word loyalty, it doesn't echo, shatter. I learned this the hard way, but morning is the only thing that is beautiful when it breaks. The sky is the only canvas in picturesque when painted red. But I will learn to love myself even when I'm in pieces. I will learn to love myself broken. I will learn to grieve myself into fullness. When my nightmares haunt me, I wake up to haunt them back with my still alive heart. You clench in your fist to try and keep from beating. Once, twice, thrice, I don't know. I never wanted to keep a record of your wrongs, even when you were making sure that my skin was taking notes. In the darkness of my dreams, I still see you seizing the life out of me in a king-sized bed full of pillows but devoid of safety. I remember the velveteen sheets we turned into crime scenes, the cabinets that tattooed their fine signatures on me, the whimpers of the bathroom towels upon witnessing what they did still, even after years. Each night back then was a bloody war, but my beloved, I won. Even though I still can't fall asleep with the lights off and I live in the patch-up frame of a woman nobody knows the name of. Even though you were the one I swore to fight for, not run away from, beloved, I won. I could teach myself how to build an igloo if I needed to. Anything at all to keep me safe and alive. I know you never ask, but I'm writing to let you know you were wrong. I loved you. Oh, I so dearly love you, but I never needed you at all. Mm. Thank you, everybody.
<laughs> Fantastic. Thank you so much. Um, Thank yeah. you. And I, and I, I, yeah, really, that really resonated with me that the idea of kind of, you know, we have to look inside ourselves and especially this year, right? Like, you know, we have no one else almost, um, you know, we've got to look after ourselves and look inside ourselves. So that was really, really wonderful. And um, yeah, do check out uh, Friends of Anne McKenzie's work, um, the new book, Out of the Woods. It's on sale now, I believe. Is that right? Yes, it is. Yes, it uh, is. So Thank you. Check that out. And, and uh, just one more question. Uh, what time is it for you at the moment? Um, it's actually 8.22 a.m. Wow. This event is my first event of the day. I just I just finished <laughs> drinking my hot chocolate and it's so fun. Fantastic. Uh, so is, so are you through the other side? You're, you're through the longest night. You're proof that there is a dawn. <laughs> yes, yes, I am. Fantastic. Well, that's, that's even better to, to hear from you then. Thank you so much for sharing. <laughs> Thank um, you for and, having um, me. Hope to have you again uh, at, at another event. Thank you very much, uh, friends of Anne. Um, fantastic. Okay, well, um, we're sort of looking towards the end of the event. Um, we've got a few more poems left. We also have a few people who um, I may have missed. So uh, do let yourself be known to me if uh, you were going to read something out and I haven't called on you, um, particularly Alice, uh, aka MAM. And I think Larry Swain, unfortunately, has been blocked out by uh, the evil magic of 2020, um, but was going to read out a Robert Southey poem, but perhaps next year instead. Um, but we do have Adam on the line. Uh, Adam, um, great to connect with you again. Where are you calling from and how are you doing? Yeah, um, I'm calling from rural Virginia, uh, not too far away from Washington, D.C. Um, and uh, it's a little chilly. I'm in my basement and uh, it's a little little chilly down here, but that's OK. The, the company has been warm and I'm grateful for the opportunity to be part of the event. Excellent. Yeah, I, I think uh, if there's one thing we've learned from 2020, and I'm not sure there is a thing we've learned, I think it's just been awful. But if there is something we've learned, it's that community is really important. And that can also mean online communities as well as our local communities. In some ways, I feel like we've gone back to the Middle Ages. Um, I was talking to someone who lives just in the outskirts of my village and they refer to my village as the town, like the bustling metropolis, because, um, you know, Oxford is it's only a few miles away, but you would never go that far. So it's in some ways we've become very localized, but at the same time, we've become very global. So, um, yeah, it's great to have, have you joining us and um, I'm glad uh, it's been warming for you. Um, what, what does the winter solstice mean for you, Adam? Um, so, you know, it's it's a time of darkness, but we have great hope and great uh, joy in, in the things that, that bring us joy um, and mm -hmm. um, always right at the edge of a new year and a uh, good opportunity to think uh, towards what may be better. And I think especially Absolutely. this year, that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And Barbara on the comments is already getting excited, she says, and so happy to see someone sharing a Mary Oliver poem. So um, tell us about this poem. Yeah, so, um, you know, I am not uh, a poet. I've been blown away by the folks who shared their own poems tonight. Um, but I appreciate uh, 
a good phrase, a good phrase. Um, and so the end of this poem connected to um, a line in The Lord of the Rings for me, which has become kind of my, uh, you know, touchstone this year, I think. Um, in The Lord of the Rings as the, um, uh, in, in the chapter, Many Partings, where Aragorn is leaving uh, the travelers who are heading back towards Rivendell into the Shire. Um, he takes farewell from Galadriel, and Galadriel says, Elfstone, through darkness you have come to your hope and have now all your desire. Use well the days. So use well the days has become kind of my, my uh, mantra this year. Um, and so the summer day, and I think it's uh, very ironic that the summer day uh, is bringing hope in the midst of uh, the winter solstice. Uh, but, you know, that is the hope is that we move forward into light and warmth. So I'd like to share this point. Who made the world? Who made the swan and the black bear? Who made the grasshopper? This grasshopper, I mean. The one who has flung herself out of the grass. The one who is eating sugar out of my hand. Who is moving her jaws back and forth instead of up and down. Who is gazing around with her enormous and complicated eyes. Now she lifts her pale forearms and thoroughly washes her face. Now she snaps her wings open and floats away. I don't know exactly what a prayer is. I do know how to pay attention, how to fall down into the grass, how to kneel down in the grass, how to be idle and blessed, how to stroll through the fields, which is what I've been doing all day. Tell me, what else should I have done? Doesn't everything die at last and too soon? Tell me, what is it you plan to do with your one wild and precious life. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I knew those lines, those last lines, but I didn't know the whole poem. And in my excitement, I think I've cut off the end of that poem on the slide. So do look it up, um, do Google it, because um, it's beautiful and you read it out so well. I, I love that, that ending with that question. Um, yeah. Thank you. That's and really thank you for the, for organizing this and, and to all those who have presented. It's been a, an uplifting time. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Adam, uh, for joining us. Um, and um, you know, we've, we've got just got one more speaker, but I don't think they're here, but they, they submitted a poem. So I think it would be a shame not to read it out um, because I don't want them to feel like they've missed out on um, having their poetry read and known because um, it, it can be difficult when you're starting out particularly um I, maybe this person isn't starting out uh, maybe they're very famous um but it, it can be difficult um uh getting your work out there especially because um you know poetry isn't uh it's stimulating it's it connects with people but i feel like we need to do better as a society in appreciating it and supporting poets i feel like it was it was more of a thing in the 19th century and then attention turned to the novel. We need to go back to poetry now, I think, um, because it, it is so wonderful and so important to us. So I'm going to read out um, this poem. It's called The P-Double by M.A.M. And once again, if you're in the audience, M.A.M., 
just make yourself known. But I don't see anyone like that. So hopefully, um, I'm not going to do the wrong thing by reading this out. But I, I didn't want to, us to miss it out. So, oh, it's such a wonderful poem as well. Okay, I'll give this a go. Pressure to precious to preening to pompous. None knows how delicate the stars are, save those who have heard their song, where they meet in the daring night, as the prophet says. For I'm the lord of the celestial dance, and so are you, my dear. In our name, chaos and the cabalistic order, there is no space between the nameless and the name. All is space between the nameless and the name. All is. All is. All is the curve of linear time the street of running space run and never catch it prince of a thousand infinite nutshells amen Whew. wonderful stuff so thank you so much uh, for showing that mam uh, and uh, apologies if you were here earlier and i missed you or anything like that again blaming covid for everything um but um uh, uh perhaps we'll uh, we'll do better next year um Oh, and uh, Wilhelmina says, I'm sorry I missed my turn. I'm ready. Uh, I forgot. When did you send that? Twen That's a recent comment, isn't it? Sorry, I thought I I've already called on you. Wilhelmina, are you there? Oh, yes, I, I remember. I did call on you and your microphone wasn't working. So uh, let's try again. Perhaps if you could try unmuting yourself, Wilhelmina, and then we can try again. Hi. Uh, I saw it go off. I saw it unmute yourself, and there you go. It should Can I unmute now. it now? I can hear you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Okay, um, I'm Wilhelmina Thomas, and I'm from Birmingham, Alabama, and I'm going to be reading a poem by um, Ann Spencer, mm. and it's called Translations. It was written, it was published in 1922. We translations. We trekked into a far country, my friend and I. Our deeper content was never spoken, but each knew all the other said. He told me how calm his soul was laid by the lack of anvil and strife. The wooing crystal, I said, mutes his mating note to please the harmony of this sweet silence. And when all the days end, we lay tired bodies against the loose warm sands and the air fleeced its particles for a coverlet. When star after star came out to guard the lovers in oblivion, my soul so leapt that my evening prayer stole my morning songs. Wonderful. Thank you so much uh, for sharing this poem, reading it out so beautifully. And again, um, you know, I'm ashamed to admit, but a new poet to me. Um, I, I must look up more of her. What can, what can you tell us about Anne Spencer? Well, Anne Spencer is definitely part of, when you look her up, you're going to find in Harlem Renaissance. Mm -hmm. She lived in Virginia and she wasn't actually part of the nucleus of it, but everybody came to see her and to talk about her in, in Virginia. She mm -hmm. had a garden 
And in her garden, she had a writing studio. I can't pronounce the name of the writing studio, but when you look it up, um, the, the name is a combination of her husband's name, Edward, her name, Anne, and an African word for um, corral, I think, or structure. And so it's a beautiful word in uh, the tradition of Tolkien and the Inklings of uh, looking at your surroundings and your heritage and coming up with things that speak to you. Sounds lovely. Yeah, I looked her up as, uh, just before this event, and uh, yeah, really fascinating life, um, civil rights activist as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I really want to read more of her work. Um, and oh, and Adam says, I mean, I'm, he's also ashamed uh, that uh, this uh, poet was new to him. Uh, she lived within 30 minutes of his house, and he thanks you for sharing. And Zach says, uh, that is beautiful. Uh, new to me, me as well so um it's uh, even more wonderful to to have uh, new poets to read um and it's uh yeah really really great stuff so thank you so much for amina for sharing and I'm, I'm very glad i caught you thank you thank you very much um excellent okay well i think we are coming to the end um so i'm gonna finish up with a few poems Oh, my, my cat is playing just out of shot with the, um, this, uh, there, there we go. You can just about see Paloma um, causing mischief um, down there. Um, anyway, hopefully we, uh, I thought as long as she doesn't do anything with the fire, we should be okay. Uh, and just going to pop out uh, the questions just in case there are any last comments from anyone. Um, there we go. Yeah, excellent. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to end with two poems. Um, one is an extract from In Memoriam, AHH, um, by Alfred Law Tennyson. Um, this was a poem that Tennyson wrote about his dear friend whom he loved very much, who passed away uh, before his time. And Tennyson grieves uh, the loss of his friend for years, um, and the poem is takes place over the course of years. Of course, um, for all of those of us who've lost people, we know that grieving isn't just something that happens in a week or, or whatever. It, it's it's really the rest of our lives, and this poem really beautifully writes about that, uh, describes that. I remember reading it as a seventeen-year-old student, and it didn't really make much of an impression on me. I'm reminded of uh, a scene in the play, The History Boys, um, Alan Bennett, I think, where one of the 17 year old students says, why are we reading poetry? Most of the stuff that poetry is about hasn't happened to us yet. And the teacher says, you'll be prepared for when it does. And so this is a poem I've gone back to uh, more recently, and I was thinking about it this year as well, particularly this um, part of the poem where Tennyson is trying to be optimistic. Um, and the poem is, is not just about the death of his friend, it's also about um, a new realization in the 19th century that the world is a lot older than they thought it was, new scientific theories about evolution and the age of the world, um, putting people in their place. And Tennyson's also thinking about kind of uh, 
evolution in 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 the sense that evolution has so much waste in it you know so many creatures die uh, over the course of such a long span of time so he's kind of all this these kind of ideas are kind of bleeding into his grief for his friend um but as i say he's trying to be optimistic oh yet we trust that somehow good will be the final end of ill to pangs of nature sins of will defects of doubt and taints of blood that nothing walks with aimless feet that not one life shall be destroyed or cast as rubbish to the void when god hath made the power complete that not a worm is cloven in vain that not a moth with vain desire is shriveled in a fruitless fire or but subserves another's gain behold we know not anything. I can but trust that good shall fall, at last far off, at last to all, and every winter change to spring. So runs my dream. But what am I? A child crying in the night, a child crying for the light, and with no language but a cry. So as I say, trying to be optimistic and struggling a little bit there. Beautiful thoughts there. And in our fictional dinner party, I'm gonna place Alfred Lord Tennyson next to Dylan Thomas. He's gonna come back to round things off for us. Um, he wrote this um, poem uh, on the idea of immortality, on the idea that ultimately death has limits. Ultimately death uh has no control and death shall have no dominion and death shall have no dominion dead men naked they shall be one with the man in the wind and the west moon when their bones are picked clean and the clean bones gone they shall have stars at elbow foot Though they go mad, they shall be sane. Though they sink through the sea, they shall rise again. Though lovers be lost, love shall not. And death shall have no dominion. And death shall have no dominion. Under the windings of the sea, they lying long shall not die windily. Twisting on racks when sinews give way, strapped to a wheel, yet they shall not break. Faith in their hands shall snap in two, and the unicorn evils run them through. Split all ends up, they shan't crack, and death shall have no dominion. And death shall have no dominion. No more may gulls cry at their ears, or waves break loud on the seashores. Where blew a flower, may a flower no more lift its head to the blows of the rain. Though they be mad and dead as nails, Head to the character's hammer, three daisies. Break in the sun till the sun breaks down. And death shall have no dominion. And he wrote that poem when he was 19. Extraordinary stuff. Um, and yeah, that line, though lovers be lost, love shall not, that really comes back to me this year. Um, Eric says, this has been great. Thank you so much for everyone 
um, and to all the presenters and uh, for the host as well. well. You're most welcome. Yeah, I mean, huge, huge thanks to everyone for performing and sharing their poetry. Um, Zane says, what an ending. Uh, thank you so much for this wonderful event and amazing poetry. It was worth staying awake. Uh, oh, it is 2.40 a.m. in Northern Europe now. I am joining from Latvia. Wonderful. I wish you great holidays and a better next year than this one has been. Well, if you can't stay up late, uh, for the winter solstice, the longest night, then when can you? Um, uh, thank you so much, Zane, for keeping vigil. Uh, Elizabeth says, thank you. Uh, and Takaka says, uh, thank you for the beautiful poems and for organizing this. Well, you're most welcome. Um, so May 2021 be a bit more Sharagab, remember, English bugger all spelled backwards, um, than 2020. Um, do check out our website, signumuniversity.org. If you're new to Signum University, um, uh, we run lots of events like this, lots of free events and courses, as well as uh, taught classes for our master's program and our corporate and personal development program at Signum Path as well. So do check out the things we're doing. Uh, but most importantly, um, have a wonderful festive period, have a wonderful new year. Let's hope that 2021 is better than 2020. It could hardly be worse. Um, and thank you again to all of you for coming out and staying up, and especially to all our performers and people who sent in poems and shared their work uh, and work that uh, meant something to them at this time. So thank you very much and good night, everyone, and, and, uh, and best wishes um, for the winter solstice. <laughs>